information, inspiration, motivation. You are now listening to the Going North Podcast, where you're going to get all three of those things and more. I'm your host, author, speaker, and book enthusiast, Dom Brightman. And every week, we're going to be hearing from an author who's going to share their expertise to help you charge forward in life. Now, let's get on with the show. And today on the Going North podcast... It is chaos to clarity November in his house, baby. And we're going to be featuring some super special, awesome humans who have contributed some inspirational stories about finding their chaos to clarity and a wonderful best-selling book. I'm calling it, folks. It's going to be a best-selling book, Chaos to Clarity, with the wonderful Reverend Patricia Cadenello and the wonderful Dr. Cat herself. And we have one of the fabulous authors today. He's a fellow D as well. And in addition to being a fellow D, he's also a founder, publisher, as well as the editor-in-chief of Biz Catalyst 360. And he's an award-winning business owner, my friends, because it's not only an award-winning business as a culture and a lifestyle, as well as a multimedia digest, serving as the global hub for enhanced performance and well-being. And in addition to that, he's also the founder and chief encouragement officer gotta love that title of good works 360 <laughs> and that's a virtual nonprofit social enterprise dedicated to providing mission critical pro bono services to good nonprofits worldwide and after those two businesses named you probably know who i'm talking about it's the one the only dp himself mr dennis patoko how are you today sir uh good morning don i'm just great thanks for having me on Oh, yes, indeed. Great to have you on. Great to have you on, indeed. That's right. A man's on in more ways than one, a publisher and a book writer. Best of both worlds and a business owner. Indeed. it's uh, It's been quite a journey in all three respects, and I remember every step of the way. Ah, beautiful, indeed. <laughs> kind, of, kind of fitting for your story in the book, funny enough. <laughs> Uh, it is. You know, it's funny. It's a, it's a great segue into the uh, story in the book. If you don't mind, I'll jump into that a little bit. Sure. Well, as you know, I'm, and as you so eloquently said, I'm a publisher. And by definition, I've learned that you can either publish or you can write. You can't necessarily do both, Dom. And, but I was invited into an interesting project. And it allowed me to sit on the other side of the table, if you will, uh, because as publisher of my website, I've got almost 600 writers across the world writing literally every day and sending us material. And uh, we've published over 20,000 articles so far. The good news is it's a lot of volume. The bad news is I've read every one of them. Uh, so <laughs> I've, be- I've become a lot smarter but you don't necessarily appreciate, I think, the work and the time that goes into crafting one article. So that's what, that's what I brought in terms of background. So it was a very enlightening experience, almost secondary, 
excuse me, almost secondary, Dom, to the story that I told, because not only was I writing a slice of life story that was important to me, it was crafting the words and understanding, in my case, maybe the bar was raised a little higher, not by Patricia or anybody else, but by me feeling that if I'm editor of a global media digest, every word better be perfect, every sentence better be structured. Now, that not necessarily the way it has to happen, but that's the natural bars. So it, it made crafting what was effectively a 2,000 word story, probably a couple of week project, just going back and forth and back and forth to finally get the story right. And frankly, to keep it to a reasonable level, it's by definition a short story. And I, I could have gone on to write an epistle if somebody didn't slow me down. <laughs> oh man. So I guess adding Apostle Dennis to the <laughs> list of titles would have been <laughs> down the road, I guess. <laughs> Good point. So just to touch on the story briefly, uh, it, it, it was, you know, the question really was talk about something in your life that it's really a story of hope and guidance and joy. And my goodness, I just went down that whole path. And the, the, the uh, Reader's Digest version, as they say, is my wife and I decided after years and years of kicking the can down the road that we were finally going to travel a road that we had not traveled before. And that is the Camino de Santiago which is a trip across France and Spain. It's been going on, it's a pilgrimage as they call it. It's been going on for about 500 years. Um, and it, the hard part about saying you're gonna do that isn't so much in what we've learned, the walk, it's the, uh, it's the mental toughness, physical toughness, of course. And frankly, in my business, just getting away for about a month to do such a walk. In the end, we didn't walk the entire Santiago, by, by choice, we decided to walk effectively the last half, which was uh, just over 200 miles and about a half a million painful steps later, we entered uh, the Compostela, as they call it in Santiago, which is a cathedral where you kind of wrap things up. And uh, But the story is really the story behind the walk. Uh, what we've learned is, you know, people walk it for a lot of different reasons. There was a movie made several years back. Uh, Martin Sheen was the star. His son was in the movie. It was called The Way. And in that case, Martin was walking the walk in memory of his son who had done the walk, uh, died through a freak storm very early. And so Martin flew over to Spain and did the walk in memory of his son to bear his ashes. People walk the walk to stop smoking. People walk the walk to find themselves. And, you know, we started out when people said, well, why are you doing this? Well, we didn't really have a good answer. It was just, it sounded interesting. We had talked to people that had done it. The notion of walking literally down a passageway through fields and uh, in the countryside of Spain and France and, you know, taking steps that people have been taking for hundreds of years, literally, uh, without a lot of guidance, just see what happens. We averaged about 15 to 20 miles a day. It was hard physically, but here's where the physical part came in and the mental part. And this is the gist of my story for the book. And that is, didn't know why I was walking it, but about a day into it, uh, despite months and months of training, despite going out and buying the best shoes you could possibly find with all the expert recommendations, I developed some blisters. I thought it was a temporary thing, long story short, at the end of the first day, or the 
day and a half, I was so debilitated I could barely walk. And I literally had to make a choice a day and a half into it. Do I give up? You know, do I go off the road and get back and get back on an airplane? I didn't want to disappoint my wife who was walking with me. Didn't want to disappoint all the people that had kind of given us the rah-rah speech. But here I am in the middle of a country. I've got size 13 shoes in a country where the average shoe size is probably eight. So my wife went trekking into different villages, looking for shoe shops to see what she could find. Long story short there, found a shoe shop. After a lot of work, a gentleman found me a pair of sandals that were Velcro. Not the best thing to walk another 190 miles with, but that was my choice. Take the sandals, take the Velcro, or give up the walk. It was tough. I mean, truly, just putting, this, just putting the sandals on was painful. That evening, after going through a lot of you know, thought process, do we give up? Do I let people down? I really got dug deep, and I had to figure out I need a reason to go on here. I mean, you could always just jump off the trail and go home, but I needed to get through the pain. I needed to get through everything else. And it just came to me. My sister D, I'm one of eight children. My sister D, we lost about 10 years ago through cancer. And I said to my wife that evening, I'm going to do this for D. I need a reason to get up every morning and continue to walk. And when it gets tough and I just can't take another step, I'm going to think about her. And that's what I did. And so for the last 190 miles, I walked every step per day in the morning, getting out of bed, getting onto the trail. As my wife would say, it took me probably 20 minutes to go from standing still to finally getting into some level of walking. Once I started, I just couldn't stop. If I stopped, it was too painful. But when I did stop for a break, it was always starting up again for D. And that went on and on and on. And I'm just thrilled to say 205 miles later, we walked, well, I hobbled into the Compostela, greeted by the monks. And uh, when you come up to the end of the walk and you come up to the desk where the monks are, and they've been there for years, their first question is, why did you do it? And we're, I would have had a totally different answer had, I, had they been asking me two weeks later. I was just excited to say I did it for D, and that's what they recorded on my certificate. Nice. Nice right there, indeed. And it's really powerful, that story, because I read it earlier this morning. I was like, wow, yeah. It, it, it's like... It's like what the amazing difference it can make is when you go outside of yourself and think of something or someone bigger than yourself as your reason for keep pushing on. Yeah, and it was almost, you know, I don't know where that came from, Don, really. It's just, it, I said I needed a reason, and the reason showed up. And, and it worked. It worked. I just couldn't let her down. And uh, just kind of a supplement to the story just recently it took me over six months for my feet to heal when we came back. Uh, we got a lot of perspective out of that walk that goes well beyond the pain and suffering I mentioned. And just over the last six months, we've decided we're going to do it again. So we're now going to go back in April of next year, do the exact same walk. We're taking two other couples with us. And people said, well, why would you do it again? I said, well, I'm going to do it again for the first time. Because it's going to be a different walk this time. I'm doing it, obviously, without any uh, feet issues, but more so you're going to discover something else. Because I know, Dom, I'm going to discover something else during that walk that I didn't expect. 
Yeah, that's definitely true because I mean you're you're a different dentist than what you were some time ago. We're we're always oh, human no becomers. Question. No question. You know, the the sidebar to that walk though is you know, you're spending literally hours, my wife and I, for hours, two, three, four hours at a time walking in vineyards and up in the hills of Spain, and there is no one there. It's just nature the way it was supposed to be. And I think you probably know what, what, what I do a lot. You probably do. You carry a lot of post-it notes in your head all day long. Well, <laughs> there were no more, there were no more post-it notes, notes left on when we finished that walk because you, you clear yourself of all the thinking. We had deeper discussions than we've ever had about so many things that you think you're talking to each other, but it's kind of like surface skipping. So we came out, you, it's funny you said that, we came out different people than when we went in and forget the, the physical issues that I just talked about. It was just thinking through a lot of things in your lives and we came back and we changed our own rules, if you will, as to how we conduct ourselves and the people we associate with and what's important and things people talk about, but I can testify it's real. Oh yeah, it's real indeed. It's very real. Very real. And the power of disconnection also highlighted the fact that you mentioned how both you and your wife have a disconnect bucket list. And that's like the first time I've ever heard that before. So mind going deeper into, we have to like list the entire list of what's on your bucket list, but what made you and your wonderful wife decide to create a disconnect bucket list? That's a very excellent question. Our disconnect bucket list was, in the in the midst of some of those long conversations we had, we started looking at the relationships, people business-wise for both of us. We spent many, many years in business around the world and in personal friendships. And we started, um, I guess by osmosis, redefining relationships and authenticity and what's important. And I got to say, Dom, we came back with different expectations. And here's what I mean by that whether it be brothers or sisters or members of family, we reached out to each of them selectively and said, look, I love you, you're my brother, or I love you, you're my sister, or whoever you are, I love you, you're my friend. I'd like our relationship to continue. I'll do everything I can to make that happen. I'm asking that you do the same and let's see how it works. Now we did that with a much smaller circle of people than you might imagine. We, we started disconnecting with people that quite frankly, and I'm going to sound a little crass here, I don't mean to sound that way, people that you only hear from Dom when they need something, and you never hear from them in between. <laughs> and so yeah. we said, we're going to whittle this down to the people that we care about. Now, it doesn't mean that every one of those relationships then, you know, surged. But of that group, I, I managed to get a lot closer to two of my brothers. We were always close. We didn't have any issues. It's just by ge ge geography, we're around the world, all of us. So it brought family closer together. It gave us more time to invest in friends that were, in our, using my word, authentic versus what I'll call the surface skippers. We stopped responding to people that only reach out again when they need something. And it kind of cleaned up our connections and we got more time on our hands and we remind people that we spend time with, how important they are to us and why we're doing it and how much we appreciate them. Amen to that. Amen to that. That's right. Avoid the surface skippers. <laughs> exactly. That's right. They're just lying in wait. 
almost like a ninja in the bushes. Like, all right, so I got this list of things I uh, need and want from people. All right, who haven't I bugged in a while? Oh, yeah, let me go back to Dennis. All right, cool. I haven't bugged him recently. Well, it's a classic <laughs> email that you get or I get saying, hey, how have you been? And without waiting for the answer, it's, can you give me a reference? Can you do this? Can you? How about developing how I've been for a while? Or, Dom, it's like the people you bump into occasionally in just normal effort. They say, hey, how are you? And they don't wait for an answer. Um, oh, yeah. So that's what I mean. It's taking that connection a little deeper, listening harder with intention, as people say, and going from there. So it's funny. It goes back to the title of my, my article in the book. It's called In Search, for More, a Search of More with Less. We weren't quite sure what we're searching for. We came back with less relationships, but we got more, get more out of those relationships. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it's good that you're actually going, going from that perspective now, and it's all from that wonderful walk that you took. And it's, and yeah. that's a, and that was a huge walk too. Cause the, uh, the whole walk, I believe is 500 miles, right? Over 500 miles. You, that's a good point you make. Just by itself, the walk is daunting enough. If you're completely on board with it and you've got the best equipment, it's a long walk. When you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to walk 15 to 20 miles every single day. In our case, it was for two weeks. If you did the entire walk, it would probably be a month and a half. So it's, a, it's a, quite a commitment. Uh, but I can't say enough good things about it. And uh, people were shocked to hear we were going back after my adventure with my feet. It wasn't about the feet. It was about the, uh, I'll call it the spiritual experience. I'm not sure that's the right word, Dom, but it's close to that. So I know and we know this is going to be a different walk, even though we've taken those steps before. Oh, yeah. And you're bringing some folks with you, too. Yeah, friends and family that were interested in what we did and wanted to tag along. And we spent a fair amount of time, Dom, talking to them about you've got to make the walk your own, which means we're going to be with two other couples, but we're not going to walk, you know, six people along every single day. You know, you get up when you want to get up, you leave when you want to leave. We'll see you at the end of the day. Take your time, savor the nature, savor the experience, just make the walk your own because you shouldn't be following the leader just because we've been there before. We're following the same signs you're going to be following. We didn't memorize 205 miles. So, uh, <laughs> but we're, 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 it's, we're doing a bit of coaching with that right now because we want if you have never done it, you might think, well, I'm going with this other couple. They're going to lead us through the path every single day. But that's not a walk. That's like going on a tour. So... Uh, We've thought about that a lot. We've helped them with their equipment. We've given them advice on, you know, things we would have done differently. But uh, the primary advice has been make it your own. You may not have a reason to do it, but make the experience your own. And by the time you get to the end, I think you're going to have a good answer. When you walk up to that monk and he says, well, you know, Dennis, why'd you do the walk? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it's great that you can come from the coaching aspect as opposed to the tour guide aspect. Yeah, that's a good, good uh, analogy because it really is just coaching. And then it's almost like teaching a child to walk and then let go and see what happens. Let them walk. You know, point them in the right direction. Make sure they don't get hurt. Make sure they're dressed for the weather, if you will, and say, go ahead. We'll see you later. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 
And the beautiful thing about it is, is probably one of my favorite points I highlighted at the end that you did really good on is that you wrote down, be the one who creates the legacy that matters. Ah, yeah. I mean, I can't add any more to that that says it all. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, and speaking of creating a legacy that matters, if you're to wake up tomorrow and you're 25 again, about to take the walk again, with all of your knowledge and experience, what advice would you give to yourself? Oh, boy. Uh, don't listen to the experts who tell you what shoes to buy. And <laughs> uh, uh, you know, my first bit of advice is just if, you, if you're not that you're we weren't walkers by definition. We do a lot of walking just to say, but, you know, wear the same shoes that you're comfortable in at home. Take them with you. Just maybe get a couple more pairs because you might wear them out. That little bit of advice, it sounds simple, Don, but that would have been wonderful. And I had that advice. We went and talked. I mean, we read, we read all the books. You know, we did all the Googling. And we consistent recommendation was find the best hiking boots you can find, break them in, you know, spend months doing it. So we did all that. We, we broke them in over a, probably over a hundred and some miles just walking from home different places and the best boots and frankly when we got on the airplane together they were fine might have been the climate might have been something else going on but so that is the single piece of advice that i would certainly put in bright lights in front of dennis when he was 25 if he was going to walk it yes indeed amen to that yep because the experts don't always know what's going on <laughs> Well, and that, that, that's part of the issue. It's amazing how many of these experts, Dom, have never stepped a foot on the trail. And that is a world of difference, saying, I've been there, I've walked it, I know what it's like, almost like the advice I could give you right now that I wouldn't have known. So we were given what I'll call book knowledge versus walking knowledge from people that had actually been down the trail. We would have been better off speaking to people like me but back then, whoever it might have been that actually did the walk and getting their wisdom versus following the expert lead. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Just because they're an expert, it doesn't mean they know everything. Yes, indeed. Yeah, exactly. You know, our, our search for more with less, our intent to kind of escape from everything and disconnect from the world and you know when you're on the camino in the middle of uh, walking through a vineyard try as they might Don, they can't find you whoever they are <laughs> so you have a real opportunity by definition or by where you are to truly disconnect that was part of our motivation to go that might have been part of our reason why but as i've said as, as my story says, that wasn't the why that I said to the uh, monk when I came to the end of that 200-mile walk. Having said that, we did accomplish that. We were just so disconnected. It was it was life-changing. Woohoo! That's right. My man was so disconnected, he became reconnected with nature. Oh, yeah, all right. You disconnect to reconnect. That sounds like the story of another article. If you'd like to write it, we'll publish it. <laughs> Sweet. All right. I got a to-do list item. Just need to make sure it doesn't become a mental sticky note forever. <laughs> no, man, yeah, really. 
<laughs> well, and speaking of magical articles and other super special awesomeness, for those who want to keep in contact with you and all that you're doing, what's the best way for folks to reach out to you, Dennis? Tell them to come to uh, www.bizcatalyst360.com, spelled just like it sounds, and uh, they'll discover the rest of my story and the rest of our story. As you said earlier, we've been, we're award-winning. We've been coming up on our seventh anniversary. We've published over 20,000 articles. We've got an amazing group, almost 600 writers now on literally every con continent except antarctica and i'm still searching for one there, one there <laughs> so if you know anybody <laughs> anyhow no come there uh let the website tell the story because it's you know we're, we're really proud of it sweet that would be really <laughs> fabulous though. It's like, yeah, we found somebody in Antarctica who's writing oh, yeah. good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Good point. They might have to do carrier pigeon. But, you know, we'll we'll put open up a carrier pigeon channel if we have to know. <laughs> there you go. That's why as the chief encouragement officer, folks, carrier pigeon oh. if necessary. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, any parting words for the folks still listening, Dennis? Yeah, I'd say, uh, as I said in my article, being connected to everything has disconnected us from ourselves and, and not being in the moment. So however you get there, you don't have to walk 200 miles like we did, but just be present. As we've said to so many people coming into our house, Dom, you know, put your cell phone down, put your devices down and sit and let's just chat like people used to. It's an amazing experience if you're focused, if you're truly listening with intent and uh, it's amazing. So be in the moment. How's it going, you super special, awesome human? Since you made it to the end of this episode, it looks like you really enjoyed yourself. Since you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with at least three people in your network and tell them what you really liked about this episode. Heck, even shoot myself or the guest an email and let them know what you liked most about this interview so that way they can stay inspired to keep pushing out great work. <laughs>